You are listening to the Level Up Gaming Podcast, episode 84, bringing in elements from other game systems. Today we talk about incorporating other game systems in your main system of play. We discuss how to bring in story elements and make them fit into your current system. We also discuss how to bring in mechanics and adjust them to make them fit in your current system as well. If you'd like to participate in the discussion or leave us feedback, you can contact us at levelupyourgamingpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash levelupyourgaming. If you like the content and want to hear more of the show, subscribe and we'll ensure you don't miss an episode. New episodes come out almost every Wednesday. Also, please review, tell a friend about the podcast, or share with your gaming group. Now sit back and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Level Up Your Gaming Podcast. My name is Aaron, and joining me in person... He mishmashes a bunch of games together to execute his story. Jared. <laughs> it's the truth. It is the truth. So, <clears throat> I'm not going to beat around the bush this week. I know what the topic is, and I'm excited to talk about it. Um, the reason I'm excited to talk about it is, uh, well, our, our topic for this week is, is, is mishmashing game systems together to, to create your game. Um, why I'm so excited about that is because I'm currently in the process of doing such. Oh, um, okay. Oh, come on. You haven't noticed that the overarching D&D themes that seem to be marching into our detective series, like the dwarven fucking village. No, I know that you did a lot of research into like Moradin and like all that stuff from D&D. Yeah, that's I, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm welcoming more fantasy, high fantasy characters into our game because I love White Wolf to death, but you got vampires, changelings, werewolves, mages, hunters, ghosts, mummies. Thus endeth the list of things that you can use. There is a plethora of shit out there that is just freaking amazing. There are amazing authors doing amazing things with with different games. There's amazing artists that are creating uh, pictures that, that that are so inspiring that they've inspired whole gaming systems um, and television shows. Uh, I'm speaking specifically about uh, Tales from the Loop. Um, you know, I mean that 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 came from an if I'm accurate, which you know, be damned if I'm not. Shit happens in the hood. Um, hood <laughs> worked eight years in the hood all right i'm allowed to say that when you chase down gangbangers for eight years you're allowed to say that shit happens in the hood because it really does so um but I, I i feel like you know some of my stuff actually this this need this desire this love of mismatching games actually comes from our gaming history um you know, uh, we, we've talked about how when we started off, we did start off with uh, Heroes Unlimited and then moved on to a system called Rifts, which is created by Palladium Games. Rifts is the ultimate mishmash of everything. That's true, because their settings are kind of all over the place. Well, think about it. If you pick up Rifts England, or yeah, it's Rifts England, it's it's got like all the fantasy creatures in there. But if you pick up Rifts Canada... Or no, if you pick up Rifts Australia, they have mutants, like Mutants Down Under style. Well, they had all those different books. I mean, like, you know, we had people playing all sorts of different races. We have people like aliens and like... Yeah, and it goes further. If, if you go into Rifts, you know, world books, you know, you've got Phase World, 
You know, you've, you've, you've you had a whole empire out there, you know, and Rifts really welcomed you to take elements of magic, technology, um, mundane uh, horror. They, they really welcomed you and gave you everything. And I, it, it's a shame because, like, Palladium really went down because of its, in, in my personal opinion, I think it was uh, their owner's ego, you know, un, un, unfortunately, because they had something and they, and they, they had a business and had they had the business been able to grow or, or change minutely, but I think management kind of took them in the, in the wrong direction. You know, I know they got involved in a lot of lawsuits, you know, pretty much just pointing fingers at everyone saying that was our idea first, you know? And it's like, bro, calm down. He, he he wasn't a member of a community. He was he he, he more saw it as a, as a money making machine, and I don't agree with that. We're a community, um, you know. But then again, <laughs> coming from the business world, business is business. <laughs> F you if you steal my idea. But I mean, like it came up time and time again. It wasn't his idea in the first place. Um, you know, he continually lost. I think according to to Wikipedia, um, but. The, the idea of, of opening up uh, your world allows your players to have new and interesting experiences. Now, when you're mismatching, the first thing that I, I do want to talk about is the, I, I guess, uh, bringing in the single um, element from one game. I'm going to talk about systems later because I have done that, you know, you know what? I should, I'll, I'll talk about systems first. We because ta- we've talked about the individual element because we've talked about it in our homebrewing. Well, yeah, but like, role. like I'm I'm talking about like how to how to actually bring in other systems because like, look, you, you you looked at me and were like, oh, you are bringing in more D and D related stuff. When I said there was a dwarven freaking village. Well, yeah, I did it so minutely. I I I I, I peppered it. But your 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 key to it was bringing in the uh, the story elements of it. Yes. Uh, it's it's still just, you just, you know, the dwarves were still just the, the white wolf characters. They're just, you had story elements mm-hmm. that brought them in. And and I want to bring in more. Mm-hmm. I want to bring in a lot more. You know, I, I want to bring in elves. High elves, low elves, dark elves, light elves. I even brought in the dark dwarf. Whoever wants, you know, if, if it wasn't, the, the the criminal, the the local mobster, with a heart of gold. It was the <laughs> what a, what a nice guy he was. <laughs> yeah, he killed a few people here and there, yeah. but every, every every time we talked to him, we're like, I know he's not a good guy. I, mean, I can't quite put my finger on whether or not he did this. Yeah. <laughs> See, everybody pointed to it. Everyone, everyone in the whole village was like, "This guy freaking did it." Um, they just couldn't prove it, and um, that's that's what I made him. I made him a Tony Soprano. You know, he's he's lovable. He's 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 kind. He's polite. He's a, a friend when you're a friend. But deep down, he will kill a motherfucker. Oh, he yeah. will. He will. He, he, there was a storyline that you guys didn't get into where they wiped out the entire the fishing guild. Oh no, I. No, I, did I, you stumble into that we, story? We heard about it. I didn't know that he did it. But oh yeah, he did it. Come on, they they, uh, they what? They wake up and slit their own throats in the middle of the night. I remember you telling me about that. 
And then you're like, <laughs> they were talking about like, how do how do we know if there was this guy? He's like, because he has an assassin. <laughs> he does. He has an assassin. His own assassin. Good people don't have assassins on their payroll. <laughs> Good people do not have hired murderers. Um, but the, the trick is when you are wanting to incorporate uh, more or different story elms. So, so I'm going to po- pose a hypothetical situation because I, I I've, I've played around with this a little bit. You know, I've I've put it in my cup and I shook it around and you know dumped it out and 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 screamed nothing because it wasn't a Yahtzee. So I decided I, I would move on from this. Um, but I did take a, a part of the system that I'm still playing with. So tales from, from the loop. Mm-hmm. If you go on and look up the art from tales from the loop, it is inspiring art. Okay. I mean, it is, it's just cool. You know what I mean? It is really freaking cool. I mean, they, they, they say a, a, a picture paints a thousand words, but I, okay. Like, and this is at ad, free advertising for Pinterest. I am, I use Pinterest quite often. I love Pinterest. I, I get a lot of story ideas. Um, there's a lot of garbage you got to wade through though. You know what I mean? Like I've seen people who've done majestic pictures of like fantasy, like settings, and I don't get any story from that. You know what I mean? Like it's a huge castle on the side of a cliff and the, and, and the amateur storyteller would be like, I want to put a setting right there. You got one photograph, brah. You got one photograph. That's it. Unless he's done a series of this castle in a cliff. All right. And if he hasn't, guess what? That, that is not enough fuel to go. Right. But when, when a story invites you to, hear a whole story like for example I'll I'll try to paint a picture through words there's one specific painting that is really cool it's 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 like a I don't know General Grievous's little little motorized one-wheel motorcycle in the in the uh, uh, attack of the clones Mm -hmm. right it looks like that and except it's got a passenger cabin right and the door's open, and it's just sitting on the side of the road, right? And the door's open, and it, it seems to be like small town Oklahoma. I know it's actually like supposed to be like small out there Sweden, because that's actually where the artist originates from. Um, and and it's just got like this open cabin, and like nobody's around. There's no houses in the background. Like it tells me a story of one: what is this thing? Two, why did he build it? Three, where the fuck is the pilot? Who just gets out and leaves a goddamn futuristic motor, one-wheeled motorcycle on the side of the road? Did he run out of gas? Was there a technical issue? Why did he leave the door open? Because that's the, that's the thing, is the door is left open, and my mind is intrigued, right? My mind is like, what the fuck did he... Do you get pulled over and arrested? And the cops are like, we don't even know how to close the fucking door. Right? There's about a million stories that could branch off of that specific picture. Right? Was there an emergency and he, and he left? Did he just, is it something kind of simple and mundane? He ran out of gas and said, nobody can operate this thing, anything. There's no reason to close the door. Was there not enough power to close the door? 
It's a million stories from that picture alone. So I've thought about incorporating elements of Tales from the Loop, this fringe science that kind of shows up, and I was going to put it in for you guys. And like I said, I, I put it in my cup, and I, I rolled the dice, and no Yahtzee. Um, it, it just doesn't fit the, the, the mood, the theme. It the, could. It I mean, could. It'd you, be hard to put in. Th- this is the thing. Whatever you do, do it with purpose. Okay. Exactly. And make sure that if you're going to um, put in something like that, where you're going to incorporate this weird fringe science, have an end goal for it. Because if you're just doing it and you're like, I'm just doing this because it's kind of cool this time. Yeah. Okay. Ra- random isn't cool. Okay. Because your, yes. play- your players are going to latch on to the thing that they think is cool. And if it has purpose down the line and it pays off down the line, your players go like, whoa. You're a fucking wizard. Yep. You're a wizard, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> there will be payoff down the line. So you, had, you just have to pay it off down the line is, is the point. Like, you, can, you just can't put in elements from a story because you think it's cool for, for no purpose. Exactly. And, 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 you know, that's why the Tales from the Loop sort of didn't fit. Um, the element of high science, I have thought about bringing into our science fiction i have thought about bringing in it would fit at the moment that would actually work very well you see the effectively what jared gave us at the start of this game was a tardis yes okay and it, it was interesting because it was a big leap in terms of where we went with the investigation series as a whole okay and it, it pull the curtain back here a little bit here. It started off where we didn't have a title for what the first one was. We didn't even have a title. It was. It was called the Detective Series. It's called the Detective Series, uh, spawned off by, you know, sort of the imagination of your brother. That was his his desire was to play that type of detective noir. I, I got to give you the credit, actually, for, for what it actually became, like the, 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 the foundation, because Jason really loves detective noir. Yes. He wants 1920s. You got the fedora and the trench coat pulled up and the cold wind and the, the saucy dame across no, the No, that's street. exactly what he wanted. He wanted something very Cthulhu-esque and like we probably should have just played Call of Cthulhu. I mean, honestly. No, I, honestly, I think he kind of likes the thought of Cthulhu a little bit. But like when it comes to his noir detective, like my brother loves noir detective. Okay, that is that is a passion of his. All right, like he wants straight up Humphrey Bogart Casablanca sort of shit. Okay, like spies and Nazis. That's what my brother deep down wants. Excuse me. That was gross. But anyways, when when we came up with the second part of the this game and you know, again, it, you know, it was it wasn't as good as the first part of it, but the second part of the game was was what is this the continuation of? Because the logical step that we wanted to take it was that as the investigators start, we, 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 we eventually dubbed the first game The Door. Yep. Okay? Which was you're standing at the entrance to whatever you're trying to get into. And it was. It was us brushing against the supernatural. It was us brushing against the supernatural. We're seeing, like, the reflection in the water. We haven't stepped into the water yet. Yep. And then the next part of it was that we called it The, the Passage. Yep. Okay. And we're, now we're walking through the hallway. Where we go, we do not know. Okay? And then finally, we end up here, which is the chamber. And because of the way that we kind of arced into this here, 
weird can happen in the chamber, okay? Because we've established that the players understand supernatural, paranormal. Well, and it also goes to, you know, the in the first series, you know, it was, it was that there was always something mundane that we got hired and you found out that something supernatural was part of it. Yes. It, it always turned into, it was a little formulaic in that sense. Um, in the second part, you know, it was like we knew it was going to be supernatural. Well, it could have been either or. Yeah, but like we, we kind of knew, and even the characters kind of knew that like supernatural was going to be involved. Well, the purpose of it was that the organization had evolved from this organization taking mundane cases that lead into the supernatural to they've had enough experience with the supernatural and your character kept writing books about his experiences. Yes, he did. That you became known, the organization became known to be this organization that can handle something that maybe is supernatural. So, so it was more like ghost hunters, yes. you know, like it could turn out to be to, to be nothing, quote unquote. Um, but it was probably something. <laughs> so we always took the angle of it's probably something. something. And now in the third series, we actually get hired by the supernatural. I mean, come on, the auction hired yeah. by the supernatural. Uh, you know, uh, everything old is new again. The dwarf village yep. hired by the supernatural, and straight again, up hired by them. But that's where we wanted to get. To that's the, where we wanted to. Go. That's where we wanted to go, and we wanted to be able to incorporate those story elements of being part of, which is something we hadn't done there in the past. And again, that you have this. You've given us this TARDIS, which is effectively what you gave us at the beginning I did. of this game. And that gives you sort of carte blanche because we don't know if it can travel through time. You don't know. You don't know shit about that house. We I have, got plans for that house. We haven't established exactly what it can do. Yeah. But we have given it the loose ability to basically travel through. You know, it, It's got the mage correspondence that can just jump anywhere in the world. It can. It can, it can go from point A to point B instantaneously. Um, and, and really, I love the aspect of that, of the house. Um, you know, it's powered by this mysterious power source and in the map that I actually created, there's an, there's more lower levels. Um, so like, if you look at the staircase, the staircase continues going down despite the fact that I only made it to like the first basement, right? There is a second basement underneath and there's a third basement underneath that. How many basements there are, the players have never explored. And, and granted, I have never never written that story yet. I haven't written it yet. I want to write it. I, I, I know what I want to do with it. But there there's the lovely part about the game is that you kind of get to make your own stories and you get to explore the things that you really want to explore, which is where the this concept of, and bring us back to our topic here, because uh, we did get off a little off topic Just a little, a little bit. bit. Um, but bring us back to our topic. This is the, the concept of, you said you want to incorporate maybe like... A, high uh, science fiction right science fiction high fantasy you know or, or like uh, like like high tech stuff in there and it's possible because we've sort of established these rules and, and again the, the rules of the table at the moment are and the rules of the gms are just don't step on the other gm's toes yeah just and, and that's what i love about our our game like literally that is the only like aaron has has a new uh game that he's doing that i've fallen in love with um you know and, and he's gonna kill off an npc that i created games ago games and games ago and he asked me he's like hey if somebody related to this one npc is gonna die are you cool with that i was like fuck you whack who you want to whack you know 
Um, I'm just making sure because I mean, you 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 put the the effort into kind of creating them in the organization. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I mean, not truly the organization, but like that NPC. Well, I left the organization shadowy. You'll notice uh, it's something that that I've kind of been doing is is planting at, like I, I kind of what I'm doing nowadays is I'm being like Johnny Appleseed because I I, I read it. It comes from another. Uh, system and I can't forget what system I read into, but like they they injected numerous freaking ideas, but they were just parts of ideas, right? They're just a, a record from from a lost home. They welcome you to make up the rest of the story. They welcome you to say what the fuck happened, which is great. That that actually gives you this kind of. Uh, compelling thing where like you get to pull in uh, th- th- this is this is again tying it back to your to our actual topic that we're talking about today we're really bad at that today. oh yeah no we're, we're really bad at that topic today but the, the thing that we that you get to do then is you get to tie in these other elements it's it's unlimited freedom so effectively all we're doing is we're running the base game system and we're saying you know what we haven't ever done dnd we don't like the system yeah behind I, it's the combat that that just yeah, we don't like the combat system behind D&D. But you like you do like high fantasy stuff. I do. Okay? I mean, or you like low fantasy. I mean, like you know, we, I don't we, know what the difference between high fantasy and low fantasy. Low is. fantasy is no magic basically. Fuck that. Or like a very limited magic set. So I guess the way Game of Thrones starts is so, low fantasy. The way it ends is high fantasy. Okay. Okay. I got you now. I got you now. Like Magic's kind of like a oh somebody knows, yeah. Like magic awoke in the world. Gotcha. So you went from low fantasy to this high fantasy. Okay, so yeah, I, I like elements of, of low fantasy and like elements of high fantasy. Um, but yeah, getting back to our topic, how do you implement this? Right. So so you look at at something that's inspiring to you from a different system. Let's say Tales from the Loop. How I would have gone about had I decided that that was a direction I wanted to pursue. So the first step is accepting the freedom to do anything you want. Okay. That is the harshest step. You are your own harshest critic. I'm going to, I'm going to put that right there. Um, Cause you're going to say, I do white wolf. I'm doing vampire. There cannot be a cyborg in vampire because I've read the vampire book backwards and forwards. There's no such thing as cyborgs. What about a hip marching? Well, I, uh, Fuck you. <laughs> All right. So there's cyborgs in, in mage, which is blow me. All right. You know what? <laughs> Good point. Well, well said, but let's say you're running straight vampire. There is no cyborgs in vampire. That's true. The thing is, guess what? The golden rule of gaming always has been, is there rules are flexible. That's yes. almost, almost look at every gaming book. They will almost always tell you these are sig- polite suggestions. They're more like guidelines. They're more like guidelines. <laughs> Love Pirates of the Caribbean. Great freaking set of films. You know, like, and that's what it is. It is more of a set of guidelines. Just because, and, and, and accepting that level of freedom is hard. And I really, especially for you uh, gamers who are just starting off, you storytellers who are just starting off, it is really hard to say, I, I'm, I'm going to go out and break out away from the book because this is something I want to introduce. Now, you're, you're not really supposed to. At the beginning, when you start storytelling, you should be getting your feet 
wet, understanding how the system works, That's and true. then building upon the system the way that you like it. It can take you, it took us years. It took us over a decade to break out of just vampire, werewolf, mage, yep. uh, hunter. Yeah. And we, decade. We, we, a decade. And we just ran the same, you know, I mean, we ran with different storylines, but we ran effectively the same types of games over yep. and over again. So the, the, accepting the freedom that it is, is, is difficult. But once you've secured that you have a license, and I'm giving you that license today, all right, I'm printing out everyone a license, everyone in the whole world, to go ahead and explore the bounds of your imagination when it comes to role-playing. Now, number two, part of implementation, okay? So now that you've accepted the freedom, you have to accept the responsibility, okay? The hard part of the responsibility is, I see shit on TV, I see stuff in art, I see stuff in that I read that I want to immediately implement in my game. Guess what? It won't work. It's the analysis that I ran on Tales from the Loop. When I read that book, I was captivated by the art. I was captivated by the system. I was captivated by the story. And I was like, oh my God, I got to put this into a game. But I stopped. I sat down, I analyzed, does this hit my mood, my theme? Uh, is it what my players are looking for? Is it what I'm really looking for, for a long-term thing, right? And the answer just kept popping up, nope, 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 nope. And guess what? I had took the responsibility of saying, it's a really cool book, it's a really cool idea, but it's not going to work. And that is being a responsible GM, is realizing the limits of, of some of your story. Now, if I want to do Tales from the Loop later in a different game, I can totally do that. I can. I have the license to do it when it's appropriate. It has to match the theme of your game. Exactly. And right now, Tales from the Loop, trust me, it would not match the theme of our game, which is small town science gone awry and exploring the mystery and wonder as children. Yeah, work. no, that's not going to work. I mean, again... My you players could... like to pull their Glocks every once in a while. We do. Tales from the Loop does not welcome a Glock. It doesn't. It, it think more Stranger Things, okay? <laughs> when was the last time you saw... A, well, there was actually a few episodes with guns in Stranger <laughs> Things, never mind. But, so that that's step two. It, it, freedom, and then you have to take responsibility. Now, once you've accepted responsibility, here's my big thing about implementation, Right? Uh, it has to be paced, all right? There is everything inside of you that once you've said, yes, I can do this, and then, oh my God, it will actually fucking work. You are going to get super excited like I do. I get super excited when I'm like, oh my God, this will work. And then I just want to start typing and tippity-typing, tippity-typing, and then I'm building whole freaking worlds and I'm, I've created a 47-page document, which is, actual and honest God truth that's full of NPCs, right? And I want to interject it right now, now, right now, because I'm excited about it. You have to slow. That, Every is, one, that is one of your biggest mistakes as a GM. It took me, actually, that's, that's what changed me from being a bad GM to, I guess, an okay to better than okay GM, okay? Is learning, I don't, need to make the players do the thing right now doesn't have to be right now it doesn't have to be right now it it, it can be it can be 
later. You have to let the players kind of work their way into it slowly because then the players invest themselves in the process. If you just make them do it now, the players always go, this isn't what I want to do. So I'm just going to do it, get it done with, and be done with it. And then you're going to realize like four sessions later when they have killed your main necromancer because you've been forced into fight the necromancer. Yep. Track down all the little clues about him. Okay. Your players will go, will do everything wrong to get there. Yes. Okay. They will, they will break your story to get there. If your players are not given the grace to kind of work their way through your world, discover what is happening and then become, you know, the heroes you want them to be. Right. And, and you can look at this in basic writing, right? No, very few authors, uh, television, movies, yada, yada, simply drop the person into the world, right? Into the strange situation. It isn't, it comes upon them like that. Look at any horror movie, right? There's a buildup. Okay, let's, let's take, you know, I don't know, The Ring, right? First, they start seeing it in the mirror and shit and it starts freaking them out. You start hearing that uh, sound. I can't make it right now. If I if I prep my throat for a little bit and like gargle some salt water, maybe I could do it. But <laughs> these are the lengths that I do go for my players that they don't know about. Like that I will actually modulate my artificially modulate my voice to to make them to make authentic things. I've done it. I have done it. Um. So the 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 thing is is that uh, you 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 have to welcome them in slowly. Now there, there's two reasons that I always recommend pacing yourself. One, it's just good writing, right? There's a buildup before, you know, there's rising action and then a climax and then falling action. But that, that also includes in introducing new elements to your game, like the cyborg, right? You know, maybe in your vampire game, it starts off with a vampire that has gone missing. They never even see the cyborg, right? They find out that he went to a darkened alley and they find his ash and bones. Well, we fucking found him. Okay. Maybe there's a piece of metal left over? I don't know. Something. A little clue. A little a little a little amouge bouge, right? A little <laughs> a little taster of, of, of what's going on. And then several sessions down the line, something else happens that involves this cyborg. And the pacing is for two reasons. One, it is for the good writing, which I just stated, and I'm repeating for some odd reason. The second reason is because I have found myself in the, please take this, this is over 30 some or 20 some odd years of gaming. If you move at a slow pace, because I get totally excited when I get that new idea and I'm like, oh my God, this will work. Oh shit. When you just drop it in, and then four days later, you're reading a different book or watching a different movie and you will completely lose interest. If you can pace it and you are still salivating, oh, you know, when you put down that amouge bouge, right? That little taster, that little appetizer. And you are still salivating three weeks later to be like, oh my God, I can't wait to give him the steak then it's it's past the test of time. But when you just walk out and go, here's the steak, here's the more steak, here's another steak, eventually you get sick of the fucking steak. That's 
let's fogo to chow like <laughs> right and, <laughs> or, the, or, or, or 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 you you're eating the steak and you're like damn that was a good steak and then someone passes with a burger and you're like oh shit i really want that now the eyes start to wander and especially with my eyes my my you know my friends have all labeled it you know jared's gm add um you know, I, I get excited about ideas very quickly and I lose interest very quickly. It's 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 only the 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 true ideas, the ones that are really can go the distance are the ones that I present nowadays. I used to present any idea that used to come to mind. But now it's ones that I, I You've been given a little bit more grace to be able to find your good ideas. Yeah. The ones that you feel like really have legs. Exactly. And it, it's it's the it's the elements that walk the miles that are the ones that you should incorporate into your game. And if, if, if you find out that like, oh man, I just, I watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer and, and, and saw this one badass NP, you know, villain, and I want to incorporate that kind of thing into my game. And if you don't have the patience to wait it out and, 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 and properly write it in, probably wasn't something you were too terribly interested in the first place. It was probably just something that you saw and went, huh, neat, in, in, in your subconscious. And you're, you know, forward thinking, you're like, oh my God, this is the greatest idea ever! So, in your subconscious, you were like, huh, neat. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, so again, I, I want to bring us back to the topic here. I mean, th- this is... It was on topic. It was on topic. I, I, it, it's, about, it's about bringing the elements in here. But we've been talking about bringing in just story elements themselves. Yeah, like monsters and such yes monsters and such so what happens when you want to like are there any game elements that you wanted to bring in so i i just brought in a game element and shout out to uh uh huge rod matthias johansson his uh he was the guy who i ran the uh, uh he ran the ite gaming system for us mm-hmm. and he he did a one shot for me and the guys from the dungeon masters dojo and uh, you couldn't make it that night. I think you were on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, throw a dart at a wall. I'm either in another state or on a plane. So, but um, he has a very cool system that he kind of created, which was the uh, uh, the Ite gaming engine, or the, the, the his hybrid system is what he calls it. But it it basically comes down to the big key of it is the Ite game engine, which is this concept of you're given these points of Ite to be able to put into a game, and they are effectively dramatic edits. They mm-hmm. can uh, increase your dice to go into success, explosion, like critical success. Um, you can use them to uh, dramatically edit things that happen on the battlefield themselves or things that are just happening in the mundane. Like, it's almost like uh, a good example of it is because his gaming system is built upon the storyteller as a director. Mm-hmm. And the players are uh, actors, mm-hmm. so the camera is focused on you, and you know, you're running from the horde of zombies, and you turn to the right, and there's a helicopter. And like, <laughs> well, in, in in the the Ite system is parallel to what White Wolf came out with with um, their uh, adventure series. You know, they had a dramatic editing uh, with um, inspiration points. You know, and you could essentially, as long as you came up with a dramatic edit, the, that was the, the trick with adventures. You actually had to come up with cool narrative, right? And it was more of an impromptu rather than director and um, actor. It was more like we're all on the stage together and, and coming up with this story. And I, it, it, it's, a, 
it's a piece that I really freaking love, and I, 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 I applaud him for for entering that into his system. I think we need more systems to do that nowadays to welcome the players to be actually creating story rather than just playing in one. But that's a, that's a cool piece that I gave. I gave Brian yep. effectively a point of that at the start of our game here um, to see how that would kind of play out. I didn't know how it was going to play out because you guys play – sorry, I got super cautious players, and I don't know how it plays out in a long kind of protracted game. I love how Brian used it, though. Uh, he used it perfectly. He used it completely in character. He used it to change the fate of effectively somebody who was dying. Yeah, Aaron had made the rules call like – yeah. You guys try first aid, but it just don't work. And Brian's like, I got to spend the point. Like, it, it's in character. This is if my character was given the choice to change something, this would be something he would he would use it on. And it was really cool. And I, I you know, I assume during your maintenance period, because I'm I'm sorry, tonight I'm, I'm going to go see the lady who was stabbed and ask her about her attacker. I really hope you prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope you have. Um because I want a description, damn it. I want him down to his eyebrows. Um, <laughs> you know, he had very aggressive eyebrows. Um, but no, and I've done it with other things. Um, you know, like I will say this about White Wolf. It's it's not very good with like, um, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, environmental factors. Um, so too cold, too hot. Um, that was actually something that I, I went through about half dozen D&D books to find what they had done with cold and hot, right? How they... Temperature extremes. Exactly, because I did it for the uh, Red Lake game uh-huh. where it was blizzard conditions for most of that game. It was it was, it was was not only blizzard, but abominably cold. Um, so much that Ken had the self-heating jacket that was battery-powered. Um, yeah, he did. He did. Um, so... I went to D&D to look what they did, and I simply said, okay, what's the White Wolf equivalent of this, right? And and it helped me balance it out, and I was able to make those very specific rules for that very specific game. Um, there, There's effectively, you know, 90% of what you're going to do when you bring an outside piece in is you're going to find the rules that you are missing and, fill, and gap fill them into your system, okay? And just make sure that they're fair and applied evenly across your system. And that's the big thing. Are they fair and are they applied evenly? Um, you know, like something I would and encourage... Be, be, be open to changing them. Like, if you run it and you go like, I just did a car chase. And you go like, that was way too easy for the players. Yeah, it, like, was, it sucked. There was, there was no drama in it. It was just like, I might as well have just told them they succeeded in the car chase. <laughs> I mean, like, that that's enough for you to maybe want to change things. I Notify them of the rule change, though. Yes. You can't be like, all right, guys, we're going to do it new now. Yeah, at the end of the session, go like, like, listen, I brought that in. Like, you know, I, I just want to say, like, I, I'm probably going to tweak some of that. So exactly. You know, or, you know, when you get into the next session, be like, hey, guys, I, you know, we did that car chase scene and I've, I've changed those rules again. Here are the new rules. Let them read the rules. Okay. Let Don't- them offer their input, too, because this is your gaming table. It's not yeah. like the. You had good rules for it to begin with. So <laughs> Exactly. Your gaming table can offer you insight. They can offer you help. They can be like, you know what? Actually, you should do it this way. And you're like, holy shit, that's like 40 times better. Um, yeah, you'll see the gaps in what you're trying to, to do. Exactly. And so 
you know, when, when you're taking in system, I find taking in system elements, you can really drop those in very quickly. It's not like um, story elements where you have to take that prolonged kind of walk. System changes you can really kind of make on a dime, just in alerting your players ahead of time that, uh, you know. A good system element that you brought in was the Just Say Yes. Oh, fucking love that. Okay, that was, that, that was from that Blades was, in the Dark. Yes, from and Blades it, in the Dark. Actually, I, I have loved it. It is really tough to not just have you do all the roles right, right? now. Um, and I, I try to still kind of sprinkle in some roles here and there because I want to still make it. The roles help build tension. They do. Whether that's or not that's you, what they're designed yeah, to do. Whether or not you know what the outcome of your role could be, the roles help build tension. And it's harder to do that. Um, it's really, really hard if everything you're capable of doing just comes out. So Exactly. And, and I, I totally forgot that I brought that in from Blades in the Dark. I love it. The just say yes is so fucking good. Um, you know, and, and so I've gone back, you know, I've done sleep deprivation rules. I, I looked that up from another system. And when you're really trying to find rules for this, like when you're finding where your system lacks, um, Google is, is a wonderful tool. Um, typically what I'll type in is uh, tabletop RPG. And then I'll just type in the rules that I'm kind of looking for, like sleep deprivation um, temperature extremes rule. Uh, and then it gives me a wide variety because, you know, some people have done it for D&D. Some people have done it for, I don't know, White Wolf. Some people have done it for this. And it gives you a variety of, of really what the world has to offer with that system. And you'll, you might, you know, find something really cool in one system. You might find it in another, and then you're incorporating it into your own homebrew. So some good stuff right there. Do you have anything else you want to add to this one, Jared? No, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied. All right. Uh, well, if there's some things that you've incorporated from other systems uh, or, you know, maybe some things that uh, this, you know, homebrewed or there's story elements from other systems that you've liked uh, or you've had success with this, go ahead and contact us at levelupyourgamingpodcast at gmail.com or you can uh, message us at facebook.com slash levelupyourgaming or just follow us on the page. You can comment on the post there. Um, also, we are on YouTube, so... Smash that like button with a sword or maybe a Glock. Who knows what you'll mix in? <laughs> Excellent. And uh, go ahead and review the podcast uh, on your favorite uh, site, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, two good examples. Uh, share it with a friend, word of mouth. I'm assuming it's probably one of still the best ways to, to transfer this. Uh, you know, give it to your players. This is something I think that they might be able to find interesting as well. So, uh, anyways, it's going to wrap us up for the week. For Jared, I'm Aaron. Have a great week, everyone. Have a great week, everyone.